Okay, so we're the very top of Kabbalah and Aleph. So Berzat Hashem will finish the parak and then we do the first mission of the second parak today. The Gemara says, Mazashi Avru Yoter Marabaim Zug Ikvan Rabbi Kiva Vachule. So Mishnah tells a story that there were uh, one time there were more than forty pairs of witnesses who were coming to uh, to testify, and Rabbi Kiva held them back. He held them back and Lud. Um, presumably, it sounds like he didn't want to be to be Mechalel Shabbat, right? So the Gemara says, Tanya, we learned in the bright that Amr Abida Chas Shalom Shrabi Kiva Ikvan. God forbid that Rabbi Kiva would hold him back. There was a different guy, Zephyr, the head of a place called Gader. He held him back. Rabbi the message and removed him from his position of authority because it was an improper thing to do. Maybe he thought, I mean, if he thought it was the right thing to do. It was an improper thing to do. We want witnesses to come even on Shabbat. Okay, now the Mishnah gets into a new issue. It says as follows. So what happens if a father and son team witness the new moon? So we know the father relatives aren't allowed to testify together. So what are you supposed to do? So it says They should both go to the to the uh, to the beitim. Not because they're gonna uh, join together to testify. Now, rather, if one is declared to be pasul for some reason, so the second one can go and, and join up with the other guy, with another witness, right? So it's like it's good to have like a backup just in case. Rabbi Shimon no. He disagrees. He says no. A father and son and all relatives are actually valid witnesses together for the testimony about the new moon. I'm Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, "Ma'aseh betuvia harofe sheraat achodesh beYerushalayim who ubno." So we have this case. Tuvia, the doctor, he and the, he saw the the new moon in uh, Yerushalayim. He and his son, ve'avdo mishuchar, and also his freed slave. Ve'kiblu hakonim otov betbeno upasod avdo, and the konim and the betbeno they accepted him and his son, and he disqualified the evet. They disqualified the evet. When they went to the Beidin, they puzzled, uh, I'm sorry, they accepted him and his, and his uh, Evan, and they disqualified the son. So it seems like they didn't really follow this opinion of uh, Rabbi Shimon. Okay. I'm Rabbi Levi. My time is Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Levi says, what's Rabbi Shimon's logic? Like, it seems like a strange, strange idea. We know it should be pretty, pretty straightforward, usually, that we don't accept our relatives. Okay, so God spoke to Moshe and Aaron. That's going to be the key. That's Moshe and Aaron. This is the new moon view. Meaning this testimony is actually kosher with the two of you, meaning Moshe and Aaron. Rabbanan, what would the Rabbanan say? No, Eduzo to Hey Misuralachem. This this testimony is given over to you, meaning you guys are in charge of making sure it happens, but it's not that you can actually uh, do it together. Okay? Um, fine. I'm Rabbi Yossi, my son, but to be our Rabbi Bechulek, it's a little story. So I'm Rabbi Hanan, but Rabbi Hilchadak Rabbi Shimon. The Lach is like Rabbi Shimon, that we would accept the father and son. I'm Rabbi Hanan, but Rabbi Hanan, but Rabbi Yossi, Umaaseh, Fe'at Amrat. I don't get it, he says. We have Rabbi Yossi, okay, and we also have a, a ma'aseh, a story. And both of those things seem to work against Rabbi Shimon, because usually the Rabbi Yossi, uh, the halachas, like him against other people. And we have the story where it's pretty clear the Beitin did not follow what Rabbi Shimon says. So you're going to say the halachas like Rabbi Shimon? It seems to be very uh, counter everything we know. So how could you say such a thing? So I'm a lobe, what do you mean? 
Many times I was standing before Rav and I said before him, and he didn't say anything to me. Meaning, so it seems like it's really right. I'm right. It must be true that the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. Even though you're, I guess what you're saying is right, that like the evidence is against him, but that it's true. He said back to him, not so fast. How did you sort of like teach it to him? Meaning, what did you say? Like, how did, like tell me exactly what you said. So Amrlei said, actually, Ipcha. I actually reversed the opinion. So when I said the halachas like Rabbi Shimon, I had reported Rabbi Shimon's opinion as being what Rabbi Yossi actually said. Says that's exactly why I didn't say anything to you. Meaning, okay, you said the halachas like Rabbi Shimon, but you said the the correct halacha in the wrong person's name. So that's why he said it was okay. Anyway, so you got it wrong. Anyway, Amar Tavi Bereid of Mari Tavi, Amar Marukva, Amar Shmuel, Helcha Dagrash Kishon Rabbi Shimon. But nonetheless, we have this last name in the halacha. In fact, it seems to be like Rabbi Shimon. Uh, at least that's how the sugya uh, concludes. That's the sugya concludes. Okay, um, fine. Great. This takes us to the uh, I would say the last Mishnah, but almost the last Mishnah. Um, uh, some of the famous Mishnah because it's probably one of the more famous Mishnah from Masechet Sanhedrin that people are familiar with. Uh, without getting into all the details of it, though, it says Elohim Absulin. Here are the people who actually are disqualified. So we know that the Mishnah in Masechet, which really Sanhedrin, really where it really comes from, is uh, uh, deals with these are not Sulim Mida Oraita, they're Sulim Mida Rabbanan. Okay, it says as follows: somebody who uh, the dice player. Umalveberi uh, be somebody who lends money with interest. Umafrichayonim somebody who does something with doves. Either it is uh, racing doves or it is luring doves from other people's property to your own property. people who conduct business with shmita produce, which is prohibited because uh, it's supposed to be hefker. Va'avadim and also slaves. Uh, these are absolutely. Zehaklal, here's the rule when it comes to these people. Kol Any testimony that the woman is not um, valid for, so these people also are not valid to, get, to give testimony for that. Okay? So the Gemara jumps on that last point. We're not really going to deal with the rest of this. We're very long toasted here. Elan Absulin, which uses the, uh, the Gemara elsewhere in Sanhedrin to talk about different issues there, but we're going to jump on the last point. The implication the Gemara says is, Ha Ishak Sherala, Af Heng Sherala. So if that's uh, the case, the implication is that the woman would be kosher, then they would also be kosher. And Rashi points out here, what testimony is a woman normally sheira for? He says, Kagon lahait ambitat adam lahasi etishto. Okay, that woman can testify that like a certain person has passed away, and therefore his wife is a widow and she can remarry. Okay, that type of testimony a woman's normally allowed to, allowed to testify. Is nitmeit. I mean, uh, doesn't mean tumah tara. Means she committed adultery, so then she wouldn't drink the soto waters. That also a woman can testify about things like that. So that implication is these people also would be uh, legitimate well, witnesses in those areas as well. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says zoto meris, and that if that's the case. This is telling us that gazlan did Ibrahim sherim leiduti isha. That person who's a gazlan midirabanan, a robber midirabanan, would be kosher for testimony about a woman. To permit her to get remarried. Okay? I guess that's similar to what we said before. The woman can ask her about these things. Rashi points out, but that's only a robber, Midirabana. 
the chatsif la avor before hesya lo yichshir chacham leidadisha. If it comes to a gazan mida oraita, he's like uh, he has like a chutzpah that he's willing to do these things. So uh, he would not be a uh, he would not be a legitimate witness. Even though there are situations where there are psulim mida oraita that um, are able to testify those things, like the eved or the woman, nonetheless, when it comes to the gazlan, we're like a little bit in between. We don't really want to have a lot, a lot of those. Okay, final Mishnah of the uh, Perak, and also the distinction is no Gemara on the Mishnah. It says, Misha Ra'ata Chodesh, Let's say somebody sees a new moon, but he can't actually physically get to the Beitin on his own. They bring him on the donkey. Presumably it means on Shabbat. Right? So you normally can't, you can't ride a donkey on Shabbat, but you let him. Afilu bimita, or even in a bed. Vim sudalahem lokhim biadam. Meaning if they, uh, Raja said sudalahem im yesh or vim baderech. If there's like uh, bandits, you know, laying uh, a trap for them or something along the way. So lokhim biadam maklot. Then they can take like sticks or clubs in their hand to like defend themselves, okay? So it means that you can do all these things, like carrying things, all these things, even though whatever you anticipate, even though it's Shabbat. Vim haitad derech rechokan. If it's a different, a, a long journey, lokhim biadam is a note. You can take food also to schlep along. Because if it's a, tra- a travel time of one night in a day, you're still going to be allowed to be machalal Shabbat and go out to testify about the new moon. Shemar just says, "Ela moadei Hashem, Asher tikruotam b'moadam b'moadam." These are the moadim of Hashem that you should call out b'moadam. Meaning, it's very important to have the proper time for the Rosh Hashanah to make sure it's the right, the right time, so we can have the proper holidays at the right time, and therefore. And give me Khal Shabbat. That takes us Hajan Allah, Arba Roshe Shanim, Hajan Allah, Arba Roshe Shanim, Hadran Allah, Arba Roshe Shanim. For quite a long paragraph, I mean, Mamash, to get to top cuff bed, it's really wild. Let's quickly do the the, the first mission of the second paragraph, that's okay. Um, you see, it's only like 13 dapim left in the whole Masechet, so you see, uh, and there's three more prakim, so the rest of them are short. It says, makirimoto. What happens if a, guy, a witness gets to the Beitin and they don't, they're not going to recognize the witness, they're not, they don't know who he is. Rashi says, they're not going to know whether he's a trustworthy witness. So they would send another person with him to testify about him. Okay, um, that he is a legitimate witness. And the, and the Mishnah says, Originally, they would accept testimony basically from anybody. I mean, it wasn't such a big deal, this issue. But the problem is, Misha Kilkulua by Dusim, once the by Dusim, right, who were like, uh, we'll see more about them, but they were, you know, the Bethusians, they were fighting, they're kind of like the Tzadukim, right? They were like sort of fight against the Perushim. So they were uh, Mikal Kel, they were trying to ruin things and they tried to mess things up for the Beitim. So it's Kindu Shaloyihu Mikablim, Elamina Makirin. So they made an enactment, they would only accept testimony from people that they knew or had the reputation of being legitimate and valid witnesses. All right, we'll stop here.